there's a lot of work. If you're not fundamentally ready to do PR, as in showing up to be on podcasts, there's a lot of inner work to do as well. There's a lot of worthiness stuff, like who am I to do this? Imposter syndrome. I only have 200 followers, but I'm an accredited, certified, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you name it. You have to do the inner work. And then people show up and they think, what am I going to talk about? There's probably like 10 different things. What am I going to include in the pitch? I have so many great things to pitch. What is the one thing that you can pitch? Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today I'm really looking forward to having an amazing conversation with today's guest, Renee Warren. Renee, you are a PR expert who has the most fabulous website, as I've just mentioned. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Samantha. We were um, practicing the nose from the Canadian to a Australian accent before <laughs> pressing record. And that was hilarious. It was the first time I have ever heard anyone outside of Australia pronounce no exactly the way an Australian would, and it cracked me up. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it sounds normal to me, but when you hear it coming from someone with a different accent, you're like, oh, wow, we sound like that. It oh, sounds it's, so different. It's drained my voice. To, to <laughs> say no, I love it. I remember while well, living in, in Melbourne for a year, surrounded by accents. So there's a lot of tourists in Australia. And I just somehow gravitated to the Aussies, the Germans, and the Norwegians or the Swedes. Oh. So oh and the and the Brits. So we're all there's always an accent. And yes. whenever I heard a Canadian speak, mostly sometimes an American, I thought, oh gosh, that sounds terrible. Isn't <laughs> like, it funny when you hear your own accent? <laughs> in a situation like that, because you don't hear your own accent, right? And I remember the first time we went to the States and we were there for a month. And I remember flying back into Sydney airport and, you know, the, the accent comes over the, the loudspeaker at the airport. And I was just cringing going, oh my goodness, we sound awful. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, but it's, it's not true. No one sounds awful. It feels like home. Right. When you yeah, hear that, it was just that home. very first thing. Yeah. And, but yeah, no, obviously it's just, it's just different because you don't hear your own accent. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. But we're going to talk PR today, not accents. Um, I would love you to share. Now, I was having, like I said, I was having a look on your, on your website. And what we're going to talk about today is specifically podcasting and how to get yourself booked on more podcasts. I'm a big advocate for podcasts, but I, you're the guest. I would love to hear from you. Why is it so important for coaches to, to get booked on podcasts as a guest? It's the only domain in which you can have access to somebody's audience for on average 37 minutes. Mm. You have the stage. So the average length of a podcast is about 37 minutes. There's no other domain that'll that allows you to do that. If you're on TV, mm -hmm. you have a 
two to five minute segment. If you're on the radio, it's two minutes. Social media even is shorter than that. So podcasting mm. not only allows you to have longer time with an audience who's already warmed up and primed to listen to you, it allows you to build the relationship with the host. And that for me, that's one of the biggest ROIs and even being a podcast host is allowed to like build these relationships. And then yeah. beyond that, it's it's just such a great way to build authority. So you can talk about almost anything you want, but also you can inject your perspective, your opinion. Maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. But what you're doing is you're building this credibility, this trust factor so that, hey, maybe there's not an immediate buy. We always think of these things as, oh, is there an ROI and someone purchased? No, it's a long tail mm. approach. But it allows you to build these relationships like like nothing before. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more, and I talk about this often, that there, the the actual interview in itself is just such a tiny piece of this entire strategy that mm -hmm. it's the conversations before an interview, it's the conversations after an interview, it's the, the being booked from different things off the back of it. I'm um, working on a big project at the moment that you and I were talking about earlier, and I've got 25 guest speakers that have all been on my podcast. And it's that connection and th that we've already built. So there's just so many reasons over and above having access to someone else's audience as to why this strategy is so fabulous. It's just so good. Let's talk about reach out because this is one of my bugbears as a podcast host. <laughs> in one part of the conversation, I'm saying, yeah, absolutely, go out and get booked on podcasts. But in the other part, I'm saying, but let's do it well. Because I would say only 5% of people do this well. Can you give us like a, an overview, like a really high level overview of what a good podcast pitch looks like? Okay. Uh, a 30,000 foot view is mm. killer subject line, which is absolutely the hardest part of writing the pitch. Mm -hmm. And your pitch has to be less than 200 words. It has mm -hmm. to have no more than two to three links, no attachments, mm -hmm. a very clear call to action, and is so unique that it makes the person go, hmm, or you're with conviction know that you need to be a guest on this show because you're filling in a gap of content that they haven't yet covered that you're the expert for. Mm -hmm. and let me tell mm -hmm. you, I write pitches all day, every day. <laughs> it's what uh -huh. we do at the PR agency. And... We might take, like right now, we just sent a pitch to Drew Barrymore's magazine for a client, and it took us a month and a half to write it. Wow. So yeah, there's a, a big insight. I don't want this to discourage people. This is a very unique situation. However, when you do the work to create the best pitch, then you can just use it as a template and replicate it for other things. Mm -hmm. So for this was very unique and that it's springtime coming up. It's for a company who... They're professional dog training experts. And we just wanted to position them as the go-to dog trainer. So Drew Barrymore has a dog. His name is Douglas. And he has a cameo on her show. And so we pitched the editor about the dog training. And we came up with a couple angles that was suitable mm -hmm. for the magazine. But we needed to do the research. Who's the person we're reaching out to? How can we tie this into Douglas the dog? 
and the season and the content that might be relevant to the readers. It took a mm. while. We also, what's unique about our agency is we have our own journalist on retainer as our journalist coach. Mm -hmm. So she reviews all of these pitches as though she's the one receiving them. And so that's why our content and our pitches are so good is because it goes through the ringer and we don't just do it ad hoc. It's we respect all of the million points that journalists want from a pitch. But once you get that template or the foundation of a great pitch, it's so much easier to craft others because you can take snippets from it and adjust it to whom you're pitching and what you're pitching, whether it's a podcast or TV or radio, you name it. Um, mm. But so that's, that's the general breakdown of a good pitch. Now, cool. there's also like special rules, but there's also like caveats to this rule in that sometimes the perfect pitch isn't exactly what you need to send. For instance, my husband launched a book January of last year called Buy Back Your Time. And he went through a traditional publisher and through the traditional publisher, they actually take care of the promotion of the book. But because my husband, his name is Dan, has a very extensive network of which most people I know, he goes, can you take over the podcast roadshow? Because I know you know who I know, and I don't want it to be a weird thing coming from the publisher to pitch a friend. And so on several occasions, there were people that I was pitching that we threw the template out the window, the one that we'd spent months writing, and we went straight to a very relevant story. For instance, there's a guy named Cal Fussman. He has an incredible podcast. And at the time that I was pitching, he was really emphasizing his health journey on social media, his weight loss journey. And I was it was truly remarkable. And so I emailed him and I congratulated him on his progress because I know how much dedication it takes to become healthy again. And I said, by the way, this Dan also has this crazy journey of of losing all this weight too. He was like well overweight. And anyways, it was a very simple paragraph that was a direct correlation to what Cal was going through. And with the link to Dan's website, he said, absolutely, he'd be a perfect guest for the show. So it's sometimes complicated that there, there mm -hmm. is a framework to pitching. However, sometimes it really takes that personal connection, that one-to-one, to actually build the relationship and to get a yes. Mm. Now we are going to deep dive into how to write a good pitch and go back and cover some of those things that you mentioned. But before we do, I want you to talk to the subject. You were just you just mentioned that. I think that so many people come from the lens of I've got this thing to sell. I, I've got this book or I've got this program rather than thinking about how can I add value to someone's audience? Can you speak to this a little bit? Yeah. The reality is, with all due respect, no one cares about your book or your product mm. or what you do. They don't. They only care about it in a way that would actually provide value to their audience or to their customers. And so I've helped to date. In the last year, I did four book launch promotions mm -hmm. and hardly ever did we lead with the book. Mm. There was like very rarely a circumstance because now there are so many authors and I think it's a beautiful thing. I actually just had Sabrina Greer, who is a publisher on my show to talk about publishing a book and why it's important too. But you mm -hmm. hardly ever lead with the book unless you know the person you're pitching wants to know about your book. <laughs> so mm -hmm. a book is 
definitely an a credibility builder. It allows you to establish your authority. If anyone's ever written a book before, they know how much work goes into writing a book. Oh, it's um, huge. But the reality is that you have to provide the the pitch is about the value. So one of the pitches that has really worked for me um, with one of my clients, Amber. So Amber Trueblood wrote this book called The Unflustered Mom. It came out like June of last year. And it was really about focusing on how she helps moms become unflustered. Mm -hmm. And so we just, yes, we positioned it with her expertise, but then we, we spent, I think it was, oh gosh, six weeks adjusting the subject line. Wow. And we had variations of the subject line. And there was one week I just, I just got it. And it was so good. And I pitched her to 10 podcasts one week and eight of them said yes. Yeah. Like, oh, that's hot. Okay. It's mm-hmm. so, I was like, dusting off my shoulders. I yeah. got this. <laughs> and, I did this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Um, but going back to the subject line is super important. What's in the body of the of the email is is crucial. But really, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is: Do you prove yourself that you're valuable? Because mm. I get, and I'm sure you do, you probably get a ton of pitches to be on your show. We talked oh about this goodness, before so recording. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it just really comes down to are you a valuable person? Because I'm sure you saw the pitch. You're like, oh yeah, this is this is a good pitch. And then you clicked mm-hmm. on a website or a link to a social. And then you probably thought, I like this woman because she exudes confidence. She's charismatic. She's likable. Where people fail is not actually working on what I call the visibility ladder. The bottom of the ladder is about the foundation. It's like your call to action, your destination. When you're pitching, you want to make sure you're including a couple links. Website, social is typically what people do, but don't link to social accounts that aren't active. So you Mm -hmm. only want to do it really well and make sure that there's a lot of content that showcases what you're pitching. Like, can you imagine if I pitched you about being a PR expert and you go to the social profile that I linked to and it's all about raising horses? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You would probably question my credibility as to being an, an mm-hmm. expert and authority in this space. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's easy to pitch anybody when you're niche and you're, you're with conviction, know that you're going to be a great guest for this show and provide value. And value isn't the, oh, by the way, I have you know 500,000 followers on Instagram and I'll share your episode. So no, value is, are you the listener actually jotting something down right now, taking notes, about this content because when Samantha brings in valuable guests, listeners will come back. Mm-hmm. So for you, your due diligence and your filter is, is Renee a good guest for the show? The pitch was great. That's a table stakes, everybody. But you also have to showcase your authority through the links that you're sharing, whether that's your website or social media. Yeah, 100%. And the visibility ladder. Tell us more about the visibility ladder. So it's our filter initially to see if we can work together. There's some people that come to, and when people ask me, hey, Renee, when do I start PR? I say, as soon as you think about starting PR, because there's so much work you have to do before you actually start pitching. Mm-hmm. The visibility ladder is a filter for us to determine where you are in the stage of building authority and where we can come in to actually start helping you. 
Mm-hmm. So that being said is it's really important that you do have a social media presence now. It is almost, it's mandated. Yeah. And and I know this because I worked with an author last fall who published a book who was not on social, maybe LinkedIn. That was a tough sell. Even though I'll he bet. is an incredible interviewer, a wealth of knowledge. It was a tough sell because podcast hosts specifically, even journalists for publications, they will choose, get this, if you're if a journalist was deciding between two experts that have great opinions, great authority, great creds, one had more followers, engaged followers than the other, they're going to go with the one that has more followers. Mm-hmm. And why do you think this is? Well, it's got to do with the authority, right? Well, not the authority. It's so much that the, if this person is publishing on, uh, if we're publishing their article on our website or they're a guest on our podcast, we hope they're going to share because we all mm-hmm. want eyeballs. You and I, we want mm-hmm. subscribers and downloads. And we're going to probably choose a person who is very likely going to share this on their social who has a higher following. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in that. Like, let's just please throw shame out the window. This is business. Okay. If yeah. we can charge more for our services, we will. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a problem with money. <laughs> <laughs> so the authority the visibility ladder is the the bottom rung is like are you actually ready for this like what are your objectives with pr and then are your destinations ready so your destinations is like the links that you're sending people to so the website social media mm-hmm. is the website been updated i can't tell you how many people have these press pages and their headshot was updated 10 years ago they don't yeah. look the same Right. And their values have probably changed too. How often have you updated your bio? How often have you updated about your programs or blog posts? Like if you have a blog on your website and the last post was a year ago, don't link to your blog. Mm. There's, there's just no point. Right. Only showcase the stuff that you're diligently engaging with, growing. So, podcast, for instance, you and I, I'm on episode like 246 or something. Mm-hmm. I think there's a rite of passage at 250. Someone told me there's like 250 was a magical number. I don't know. You're on your way to a thousand. That's impressive. <laughs> Halfway. <laughs> yeah. So, but as a, as a fellow podcaster, you know how much work goes into that. And I think that's what I was going to mention before. You mentioned that we want to have people on our show that create value as yeah. podcast hosts, and you would know this as a host, we really care deeply about our audience. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that the information that we're providing or the guests that we have on is really adding value to our audience, that they are going to you know, eat up in a good way, like, oh, my goodness, I have to listen to this. If we want to say thank you to the people that subscribe to our show by constantly giving great guests. So we're not going to just allow anyone onto our show. Exactly. There's the filter. For me, the filter is, would I be stuck um, on a at a layover in an airport with this person and have a good time? Mm. So of all the over 200 guests I've had on the show, there's only ever been one person that was not an energetic match. Mm-hmm. And I felt that as we scheduled them, I was like, this feels off. And it was so off when we showed up. Aww. And when somebody, when someone's off, it's just, it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't well. work. It doesn't. No. And so there's a lot of work. If you're not fundamentally ready to do PR, 
as in showing up to be on podcasts, there's a lot of inner work to do as well. There's a lot of worthiness stuff, like who am I to do this? Imposter syndrome. I only have 200 followers, but I'm an accredited, certified, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you name it. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing is you have to do the inner work and then people show up and they think, what am I going to talk about? There's probably Mm -hmm. like 10 different things. What am I going to include in the pitch? I have so many great things to pitch. What is the one thing that you can pitch? So what we do is we think about what are the three things you can be known for, right? Mm -hmm. So you write write those down. Three things that you are really good at that you want to be recognized for. Of those three things, write a story for each one, a personal story. So those are three different types of pitches. So we don't have the same pitch that goes out to every single person we reach out to. We have pitches mm-hmm. for specific people with content we think should be valuable and relevant to their audience. Mm-hmm. And so it's dynamic, right? PR pitching is dynamic. It's not, not the same thing. We change every single pitch that goes out. Before we reach out to somebody, we've especially podcasting, we ask, are they still active? Do they still take guests? Mm-hmm. Will our content be valuable for their audience? And then we create the pitch accordingly. So there's Mm. a lot of work that goes into it. And so, I mean, we can talk about how Morgan, my VA, reached out to you. Because before we pressed record. Yeah, I think this would be really valuable because I don't accept many cold pitches. And I'm not even going to talk about why just yet. Um, But I would, yeah, I would love you to share about how your VA reached out to me because I accepted your pitch. Very rare. Yay. So congratulations. All it says is, oh, my goodness, uh, Renee knows what she's talking about. (laughs) Well, I would hope so. It's what I do for a living. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, and don't get get me wrong. We get a lot of no's and we get a lot of no responses, unopens. Like, it's not a perfect game. Um, But over the years, I've been doing this for gosh, 12 years now, we've refined the process mm-hmm. and every season it changes. And it's just, there's there's so much. So for that pitch, it was, I remember, so what we do with, with, with Morgan, my VA, is every Monday on our media list, she highlights the five podcasts that she wants to pitch me to. And I mm-hmm. go and I review them. It takes about 20 minutes, no more. And I say, yes or no. I'll say yes, no. Um, let me think on this, or I know the person. Now, if Mm -hmm. I know the person, I'll personally reach out. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense coming from Morgan. It's almost like an insult. Right. So when then the last few weeks, we had a pitch that just wasn't working. And you know what's fascinating about this is how everything works together because a terrible pitch, first of all, a terrible subject line won't get open. A terrible pitch Mm -hmm. won't get clicked. Mm -hmm. And then a good pitch will get clicked. And then when they go to the destination, they'll make the decision. And mm-hmm. so with Morgan, we review them. And then we, I'm like, you know what? This pitch isn't, mm, it's not good. So we refined it. And I said, this is what it's supposed to, to look like. So in our, in our media list, then we link to the new angle and she uploads the template into Gmail. And then she goes out and she reaches out to those five people. And mm-hmm. that gives me an opportunity as well to connect with the host beforehand to see I'll follow them on social or maybe I'll I'll follow them, engage with them. We'll see what's going on. And then if I feel like it doesn't feel good, then she'll not pitch them. Mm-hmm. Because just Ooh, as, I like that. 
Right. So just as much as you're filtering if whether or not you like me based on the links that I've shared, I'm also doing that as a guest. Mm, I need to mm-hmm. be, I need to know, know that I'm showing up with Samantha and we're going to have a good time because this yeah, is an hour of our day. Right. And not only that, but as a guest, I'm sure this has happened to you. It's definitely happened to me where you show up on shows and it's really hard to give your great information when there is that energetic block. So I've been interviewed by people before and have just gotten off and gone, that was the worst interview of my life. But how is it that the next hour I can give the best interview that I think I've ever given? And it is from the host. You need to be able to vibe with the host so that that information is freely coming. And I will tell you this, because much like you, I've been on both sides of the table. Being the podcast host and asking the questions is actually tougher than being the guest. Why? I don't know if you because you don't necessarily know the person. <laughs> yeah. And so like for me, you're just a- asking questions and I'm answering them, but you've had to do all the work to figure out all the things. Um, yeah. But let's go back to the pitch. So I don't know if you have it in front of you, but it'd be really cool that if you pulled that up, because maybe the listeners would love to know kind of what was the thing about the pitch that made you go, hmm. And then hmm. from that moment. I think you'd moment, be surprised what made me go, well, made me say yes. So this right. could be really interesting. <laughs> right. So there was something that op- allowed you to open it and then yep. within it, and, and it is a simple pitch. And then there was something in it that made you click on something. And then you went yes. from that probably to mm-hmm. my website and then social media which was the deciding factor for you. So do you have it open in front of you? I have it right here in front of me because I did open it before this interview. So what's the subject line? Lively new guest spills the beans on how to build authority as a coach or course creator. Mm, because and that definitely I- made me open because I was like, this person knows who my audience is. And that's exactly. really unusual because what I normally get is, pitching or recommending XYZ person for your show or, you know, author of this book. So what it did was flip. I knew that you'd done the research already, which most Mm -hmm. people don't. Most people send a cold pitch of this is who I am and I want to be on your show. And I know that most people haven't listened to my show or looked it up. So I knew straight away you'd done it. Double click on that. So when you're pitching a host or a journalist, you have to do the work for them. One of the mm-hmm. things you don't do in a pitch is say, here are the five topic ideas we have for your show, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe two is fine, but now all of a sudden you give them so many options. Now you're giving them the work to do. Now they mm-hmm. have to decide what's good. And what we've determined, so you, you from the pitch, you, you already said, okay, I like her. I want me, I want Renee on the show. Mm-hmm. But before we press record, even though I may have pitched a topic idea, we still jammed on what to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then now go read the pitch. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed your recent episode on what makes people buy with Glenn Michael Millet. I can't even remember how to spell his name. Millier, I think it was. (laughs) You chose the only guest that I could never remember how to say his name. We're testing you if you can read Samantha. (laughs) But it was an amazing episode, P.S. And if you're listening, Glenn, I apologize. (laughs) Uh, um, I have a a guest suggestion for you, Renee Warren, an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, author, and founder of We Wild Women, which actually had the link... Uh, it was hyperlinked to your website and to your name. 
uh, a company that helps women-led businesses gain the media exposure they deserve. Renee's framework called the Authority Arc teaches coaches, course creators, and those wanting to create a personal brand, how to position themselves as rare, how to build a reputation, and how to increase reach. I think this information would be interesting and valuable to your audience. Can I connect you with Renee today? There you go. That was not very long. It was not. Do you want to know? I haven't read the bit that actually made me click and say, yes, I'll schedule you, though. I haven't oh. actually told you what this was. <laughs> no, I'm nervous <laughs> so, now. <laughs> so this could actually undo everything <laughs> we just talked about. You said, P.S. Recently, Renee was the secret weapon behind Dan Martell's successful podcast tour for his book, Buy Back Your Time. Um, she's made blah, blah, and then it goes on. She's helped other entrepreneurs. So... I like that you put that in. I'm not going to say any more yet because there's actually, it's a fabulous email and I want you to, to dive into what makes that a, such a great pitch. Okay. So A, it's short, but first of all, going back to the subject line, mm -hmm. we've oh, done the research. Subject line. Now, yeah. We know who, because more, more than likely, if it isn't already in a description in one of your episodes, it would be in your podcast description. Mm -hmm. which is key. So when you're going to Apple Podcasts, you can, the, the host will write the description of the show, which what they talk about, who it caters to, it's right there, two seconds to read it. Mm -hmm. So the, sh and it was, it was a short pitch. And then I, there's like two main credibility pieces in there. One was mm -hmm. with the PS obviously. And yep. also the, um, the framework that I've created called the authority arc. Mm-hmm. We all have a thing that we do that hopefully as coaches, we have some sort of framework. So mm -hmm. then you probably thought, okay, she's created this framework. She likely knows what she's talking about. So yes. we can talk about the authority arc later, but there was no attachments. There mm -mm. were probably things that may have been bolded or bulleted. So when you mm -hmm. create a pitch, you need to break up the copy. It can't just be chunks of text. No one will read it. Short mm -hmm. paragraphs, bold and emphasize words. I guarantee you it Morgan bolded the call to action at the bottom. Can Renee be a guest on your show? And there was yeah. links to two things. That was it. You don't yeah. need yeah. any more information. Yeah. Yeah. So from a host, I can say what I loved about it was the subject line straight away. I knew that someone had done their research. It wasn't you, but someone had done the research that there was a link to your website. So I could just go straight there without having to Google. It's amazing how many people will attach a PDF, which means that you need to go and find everything, go and look at their YouTube, go on their website. I'm like, oh man, we're all busy, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily want to do an hour of research just to see if I want to invite you on the show. Yeah. So that was all there. Uh, you're right. The framework, I knew straight away, you know what you're talking about. There was a framework there. So I already trust that you're able to explain things. Uh, and you had your authority positioning there that you were the secret weapon behind Dan Martell's podcast tour. So straight away, I'm like, huh, okay. She definitely knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. There's credibility. So there's like proof. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And yeah. You, sometimes there are pitches that are going to be longer than that. And that's okay. It really depends who you're reaching out to. We tend to complicate this. It's you just provide the minimum required information. And let me tell you, if you link to the right sources, that's all the information they need. Mm -hmm. So give them enough that they want to open the pod 
or the the email and then you give them enough they want to click through the stuff it's mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. and let me tell you that was probably like version 10 of the pitches that we wrote uh-huh. and there there are other there are other templates depending on the show like if you go mm-hmm. into like the really deep mumpreneur space we have a pitch where i talk about how like to to connect my experience to the host and the show um we talk about how i had two babies in the same year starting an agency my my boys are 11 months apart Mm-hmm. And that pitch works for moms who are entrepreneurs. And that's the focus mm-hmm. of their show. They're like, how'd you do that? And I grew my agency to a million dollars, clients all over the world. Like, how did you do that? That is fascinating. That might not be relevant to your audience or it could. But from mm-hmm. what information we knew about you online, that subject line and the pitch was all we needed to get your attention. Mm, I love it so much. Do the research and specifically create a pitch that is directed to the audience and the host. I love it. The authority arc, we have to cover it because this was one of the pieces that I went, oh, I like the sound of this. Yeah. (laughs) So that was all thanks to my speaker coach, Chantelle Adams. I'll give her a huge shout out. Oh, my Um, goodness. I love Chantelle. Oh, you know her. Okay, yeah. Oh, her messaging is spot on. (laughs) She is a gaudy gift, let me tell you. I actually have an hour session with her tomorrow. Uh Um, so she helps me with this. So she has the power of like conceptual and just grabbing stuff out of thin air and putting it together. And we're both jamming on this framework. And she's like, well, this is what you bring people through. And like, I love alliteration. I think it's really important to simplify our framework. So think Mm -hmm. of the authority arc. There's really, there's three components to it. There's the beginning, the middle and the end. It's the beginning is called rare. How are you rare? In mm-hmm. anything you do, As coaches, with all due respect, a dime a dozen. How are you rare? Mm-hmm. What makes you unique, unforgettable. What makes people want to learn from you? And then we move on to the second part is called reputation. How mm-hmm. are you building trust? How are you building your reputation in terms of like creating the standard? So when you think of authority, like you think of somebody who is an authority in the space. They are the people that set the standard for their industry. Mm -hmm. They create the rules. (laughs) And then the last part of the arc is the reach. How -hmm. are you amplifying your message? And that comes from like social media, PR, marketing, um, speaking on stages, you name it. So there's rare reputation and reach. And it's not like you start somewhere and end somewhere. It's each you have to go back and each part amplifies itself over and over again. So the the really the hardest part in all of this is really figuring out how you're rare, like a diamond. The example mm-hmm. I use is, I don't know if Australia knows the story of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm sure everyone knows the story. Yeah, totally. So the story goes, Willy Wonka had a chocolate factory that produces the best chocolate bars in the world. Never let anybody in the factory because he was worried someone would steal the recipe. Mm-hmm. And so finally, he wanted to get more buzz about the factory, and he decided to create this really cool marketing initiative. And actually, if you run a chocolate factory, you should probably do this too, is he mm-hmm. distributed, I think it was six chocolate bars that were wrapped in gold. And mm-hmm. if you happen to purchase one of these chocolate bars, it was a ticket in for a tour of the chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. So that was a coveted ticket. Everyone wanted to get And people, there was like the, the rich family that were buying tickets from other people. Everyone wanted this gold ticket. 
And Charlie was Mm -hmm. one of the kids that got to go. And so that's rare. What else is rare is is a diamond. So you're going to remember the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Diamonds are rare. Now they have Mm -hmm. lab-grown diamonds, but like diamonds with raw diamonds, they're rare. And you think about anything else that's rare. So Mm -hmm. how am I different? How are you different? That's the most important thing. Because that's that's your ticket to people not only fully understanding what you do, but who you are and your why, mm-hmm. which ends up being one of the most important things. And then reputation. Well, the media is not going to want to have to cover you if you're not a great, good person. Hosts, podcast hosts are not going to want to have you on the show if your values are completely misaligned. Mm, 100%. Or if you're just not a nice person. Like I've had guests on my show, not very many, where I only found out our values were misaligned after we recorded. And it was really weird. We have these preconceived notions as hosts that if you come on our show, that you would just naturally share the episode on social. And Mm -hmm. it was really unbelievable to me, the people that were just not willing to do that. And yet I promoted them extensively over email and social because that's what we do as podcasts. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we want our guests to be amplified as well. Absolutely. Um, your reputation is really hard to build and so easy to break. And so it's in your best interest, especially in PR, to maintain a really good reputation. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to reach, that's just like an engine that's constantly going. There's no overnight success. There's no like one-time thing showing up, doing more podcasts, pitching more media, writing more blog posts, showing up on social. It's exhausting, but then you gain Mm -hmm. momentum. And as the momentum grows, your revenue grows. And as your revenue grows, you can delegate and outsource to people to do this for you Mm -hmm. so that you eventually get the capacity to work on the things that you absolutely love to do. So that is the authority arc. I love it. I love it so much. Authority is something that I believe is the, you talk about it as rare. I talk about it as the diamond factor. So interesting you were talking about diamonds because that's what I talk about. You know, it's that thing that helps you to stand out and shine. And when you do get to that point uh, where you are able to have people looking after the back end so that you are the person that's the talent and the one that's showing up for most coaches that's their sweet spot anyway most coaches love to be front of stage doing you know teaching creating um talking about their frameworks and letting someone else do all the stuff at the back but it's a process to get to that point 100 percent, it is um and the perfect so the book buy back your time is definitely something that all coaches need to read and my assistant Morgan pitching you is an example of the fruits of that labor. Because one mm-hmm. of the things they talk about in the first chapter, first few chapters of that book is hiring an assistant. Most mm-hmm. people don't because they think that's a $100,000 investment. They're not worthy of it. What am I going to delegate to them? Mm-hmm. Well, you eventually can ask them to do a lot. And these yeah. people thrive in those tasks. Mm-hmm. They love the weeds. They're good at it. That's where they belong. That was the that was their assignment. God's like, there's your assignment. Boom. You gotta find those people. And so Morgan's one of them. And she's an incredible human. And she comes back, she just shows up and she does her work. And it's a beautiful thing. So she was easy to train to do this. 
And it's actually one thing I do offer is I, one of the parts of the, my program is a VIP day where I train people's assistants on how to pitch their boss or who they're working with um, for PR, like what Morgan did with me. Hot. Love it It's so accessible much. to anybody. <laughs> so you don't yeah. have to pay $10,000 a month to a PR agency. <laughs> <laughs> which is cool that you're a PR agency and that you're helping people to do their PR, which to me is just beautiful because you understand it's, I can't even explain the energetics of, you know, value and, and values and just mm-hmm. the, you know, I was just chatting to someone yesterday and we were saying we can't service everyone in the world, there's billions and billions and billions of people. And that when we come from a place of value and we offer that value to whoever wants it, what happens is the few people that are meant to work with us, and we only do need to work with a few people, will be attracted to us. So it's like taking away that scarcity thinking and being fully abundant, saying, hey, look, if I help everyone in this way, we will attract the right people. 100%. See, I don't believe in competition. I believe partially in co-opetition, but as David Meltzer mm-hmm. says best, that I believe in completion. And when you believe in helping somebody complete a cycle or complete something, then good things come. So, mm. I, I mean, I have I have people who are in my court who are my biggest cheerleaders who are also my biggest rivals <laughs> because we believe in abundance. We believe there's like 8 yeah. million, billion people on this planet Imagine you just get a small, tiny, 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 tiny fraction of that as customers and you're a billionaire. Yeah. I know. Crazy, right? Crazy. It's so crazy. So don't ever think of competition as something that is going to kill you. Because if that was the case, Pepsi wouldn't exist. Toyota wouldn't exist. Right? All the coffee companies wouldn't exist. Android, you, you can go on and on and on about it. Competition is very healthy. In mm, fact, mm-hmm. it opens you up to your blind spots. It holds a yes. mirror to you. And it's it's necessary. It's healthy. So mm. don't let it don't let it shrink you. Let the people that are your competitors help you grow. And yeah. the way of doing that is making sure that you're supporting them in their growth too, knowing that if you have an abundance mindset, it'll come back to you in spades. 10x. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You are speaking my language, Renee. (laughs) I know that you have a free resource to help people to be able to craft a pitch, just like we've been talking about today. Can you explain um, or let people know where they can get a copy of that? Because it's, you know, it's exactly what we've been talking about. For sure. It's called Proven Email Pitch Strategies to Get You on Podcasts and in the Media. And if you go to wewildwomen.com and you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a download. And there's also freebies on the site, like a do-it-yourself media kit and defining your target audience. So there's four good nuggets for you to start. Um, and then if you have any questions too, with regards to pitches, if you want me to review a subject line, whatever it is, you can find me on Instagram, Renee underscore Warren. And I'm happy to help because I just absolutely love doing this stuff. That's so cool. Definitely go and get a copy of that free resource because podcast hosts are looking for guests just like you with your expertise um, for you to add value to their audience. But as a host, 
We do want to make sure that we get really amazing guests. So when you can put together a great pitch, then you will get booked guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Renee, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. And yeah, congratulations on being the only Canadian I've ever heard that can say no, just like an Australian. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank you.